Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Today is Friday. It's the 25th of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Classes at Iowa State University are going online after a fire at the university's power plant caused an outage of the main cooling system. As IPR's Grant Gerlock tells us, the university is asking students to leave campus to beat the heat. The fire disrupted the cooling system as temperatures in Ames approached triple digits and with an excessive heat warning in effect. As a result, ISU classes are going virtual for the rest of the week where possible. A note to faculty says it's up to each instructor to determine whether a course can go online or must be canceled. The university library and Memorial Union are closed, and students who live on campus are being told to leave for the weekend if they're able to. The university says it's working on ways to offer assistance to students who cannot leave. ISU says crews are working to repair the damage. As of yesterday at 6.30 p.m., two of the four chillers that support the cooling system were restored. They also say they've stabilized the air conditioning for the residence halls. The number of heat-related illnesses skyrocketed in our region this week as millions of Midwesterners coped with 100-plus degree days. From Monday through Wednesday, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska combined reported record-breaking rates of ER visits for heat-related illnesses. They suffered heat stroke, heat exhaustion, fainting, and other conditions brought on by high temps. Rish Vainanitan of the CDC says heat-related illnesses are not going away. Extreme summer heat is increasing in the United States. You know, all the climate projections indicate that extreme heat events will become more frequent and dense in coming decades. The National Weather Service forecasts cooler temperatures in Iowa starting this weekend. In a last-ditch effort, the Des Moines City Council is giving colleague Indira Shoemaker until Monday to explain her nearly six-month absence. The Des Moines Register reports Mayor Frank County wrote a letter on behalf of the council that asks Shoemaker to communicate her intentions regarding her duties as Ward 1 representative. Also, they ask her to help the city facilitate a plan to restore representation on Des Moines' northwest side. If she doesn't, the council will presume she has abandoned the office and will, quote, proceed accordingly. A separate statement from county shows the city was unsuccessful in delivering the letter. Blackhawk County will soon be turning greenhouse gas into transportation fuel thanks to an emission recycling initiative at its landfill. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer has more. Iowa's fourth largest landfill will be implementing a program that will convert its methane and other emissions into transit fuel starting in November. Blackhawk County Solid Waste Management Administrator John Foster says that carbon reduction has been at the forefront of his team's mind for a long time, and the public-private partnership provided the perfect answer. Something we've been looking at for probably about the last three or four years is how are we able to collect that gas and, one, destroy it from being methane, so that way we reduce our greenhouse gas impact by 21 times. And then how can we actually find a valuable use for that gas to offset other fossil fuels? The gases will be transported off-site by truck and then redistributed through existing gas pipelines. The plan will make the landfill only the second in the state to recycle its methane into transit fuel. And a final blast on Sunday morning will take down the remaining towers and cables of the old I-74 bridge between Iowa and Illinois in the Quad Cities. The eastbound side of the bridge was demolished in June. Sunday's work will remove the westbound side. 
The Department of Transportation is asking people to stay away from the area. Roads, trails, and parking lots near the old bridge will be closed Sunday morning. The new I-74 bridge will also be shut down for about an hour. The demolition will happen as early as 7 a.m. You can watch it online at i74riverbridge.com. This is Here First from IPR News. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. More than a dozen locations across Iowa and nearby states had heat indices of more than 120 degrees during this week's record-breaking heat wave. Farm workers are particularly vulnerable to these kinds of temperatures, being 35 times more likely to die from the heat. The federal government is trying to create a heat standard for workers, but the process could take years. Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai reports in the meantime, farm workers in the Midwest face dangerous temperatures. It's a particularly hot summer evening when a small bus drops off apple orchard workers at their housing just outside of Waverly, Missouri. Today, yes, it was strong. Nicolas Romero Dominguez, one of the workers, says the heat on days like this makes him feel weak while he's climbing the ladder to pick the apples. You can feel it. There are times when you say, okay, I'm going to sit down for a while, but it does feel rough on you. Some of the seasonal workers describe the humidity of the Midwest being even more unbearable than the higher temperatures of other places they work, like Texas and Florida. Humidity can intensify the health risks of extreme heat by reducing the body's ability to cool itself through sweat. The central United States has some of the largest increases in humid heat since 1950. Athena Ramos, a public health professor at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, says more people are coming from Mexico and other countries to help in Midwestern fields. People from my generation may have thought about corn detasseling as being a high school kid's job. After one farm worker died in Nebraska in 2018 while detasseling, more workers are paying attention to the heat. But Ramos says there's still less of a focus on the health of these workers than there was for the children. I've had numerous stories, numerous interactions with farm workers over the years who tell me about things that might have happened in the field and nobody came. She says it's important that supervisors know how to protect workers in the face of extreme heat. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, does inspect heat issues and allows employees to submit complaints. But many immigrant workers don't feel comfortable doing so. Under the General Duty Clause, employers have a responsibility to protect employees from the heat, says Matthew Thurlby, the area director for OSHA in Omaha. Our catchphrase that we use, which is very logical for heat protection, is water, rest, and shade. But there is currently no federal standard on workers being exposed to heat. OSHA is in the process of developing one, yet there is no clear timeline, and officials would not comment on the process. OSHA's uh, uniquely slow. That's Jordan Barab, the former deputy assistant secretary for OSHA. He says the rulemaking process is long because it takes a huge amount of analysis. He also says OSHA is a small agency with a small budget, which saw cuts during the Trump administration. OSHA doesn't have enough inspectors anyway, nor do the states. Um, farm workers you know, are particularly hard. Is for one thing, OSHA is not allowed to go on any farms with fewer than 10 employees, so small, you know, really small farms OSHA can't even step foot on. 
Yet, knowing all this, farmworker groups and advocacy organizations are still awaiting federal regulations. Myra Ryder of Farmworker Justice, a national nonprofit dedicated to empowering farmworkers, says in most of the Midwest, there's no specific requirement to provide shade or rest breaks. So from the employer's standpoint, they feel like they're not doing anything wrong. On a warm summer night, farm workers in central Missouri arrive in a parking lot to pick up donated supplies, including hats, sunscreen, shirts, and eye drops to help them through the heat. Many of them say their employers provide the breaks and water that they need, but the work is still difficult. Pay is the issue. Often workers are paid by how much they pick, and this can cause them to push themselves through the heat. You gotta support your family, no matter what. Santiago, who did not want to use his full name, recently left farm work for construction work because it pays better, another job where he is vulnerable to the heat. If you got like two or three kids, you gotta kinda work harder. And working harder in such extreme heat and humidity puts the health of these workers at risk. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Eva Tesfai. Monica Cordero of Investigate Midwest contributed to this story. It's a collaboration between Harvest Public Media, Investigate Midwest, and the Mississippi River Basin Ag and Water Desk. This is Here First from IPR News, a podcast you can find wherever you subscribe to them. Thanks for listening this week. I'm Clay Masters. <laughs>